are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a battalion of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss span all types of professions. That being said, let's light the spark. As September is Suicide Awareness Month, I'm putting a focus on mental health and wellness. We're already aware that exercise is good for the body, but did you know that it's also very effective in dealing with depression, anxiety, and stress? In today's episode, I'll discuss the mental benefits of exercise and provide some strategies that can help keep you operating in a positive light. Typically, as firefighters, we are hyper-focused on specific areas of physical fitness when we exercise, like aerobic capacity or muscle size. We want to build and then we want to shred so we look good poolside or at the beach, right? And while exercise can certainly help you with those specific areas of your physical state and keep you on the truck doing the job you love, the effects of exercise on our mental health sometimes falls by the wayside or gets completely ignored. People who exercise regularly have an enormous sense of well-being. They feel more energetic throughout the day, they sleep better at night, they have acute memories, and they feel more relaxed and positive about their lives and themselves. One of the ways these concepts was introduced to me was through a supplemental certification that I worked toward um, once I earned my certified personal trainer credential through the American College of Sports Medicine. It was called Exercise is Medicine. EIM for short, and the concepts and ideals taught within the program aligned with the things I just told you about in regards to the mental effects of physical exercise. The good news here is that you don't have to be a, a fanatic or completely change your life so that everything revolves around exercise. No matter your age or fitness level, you can use exercise as a tool to feel better about yourself and about your life. So let's talk about each of these uh, different ways that exercise can help you in regards to depression or the mental ailments that you may be suffering from. So let's review exercise in regards to depression. A recent study by the Harvard School of Public Health found that running for 15 minutes a day or walking for an hour can reduce the risk of major depression by 26%. That's huge. Research also shows that not only does exercise reduce depression, but it also prevents relapse into that depressive state. And there are several reasons exercise is a great way to fight depression. All kinds of changes happen in the brain. Uh, you've got neural growth, uh, reduced inflammation, 
and new activity patterns that promote feelings of calm and well-being. But it also releases endorphins, which are powerful chemicals in your brain that energize you and make you feel good on a chemical level. One huge thing to remember about utilizing exercise as a remedy for depression is that it's all natural. There are no negative side effects that come into play because you aren't using prescription drugs to help alter your mood. Now, granted, I understand that there are instances where clinical depression may need to be treated with prescription medications, but as a paramedic, it's common practice for me anyway to work in a manner that is least invasive to most invasive. For example, when I respond to someone who's having difficulty breathing, it's my job to assess the situation appropriately and then determine a proper treatment. Let's say that the patient is experiencing a moderate amount of shortness of breath. I'm going to work my way from a less invasive treatment before I go straight to the most invasive, which would be straight up intubating the patient, right? I'm going to coach them through some breathing techniques, and then I'm going to possibly move to some nebulized medications. I'm not just going to walk in and make the call to sedate the patient and intubate them right off the bat. You may be thinking, well, I don't think anyone would do that, but you would be surprised and you would be wrong because I've personally witnessed paramedics attempt to take this approach. Now I say attempt because witnessing this kind of stuff, I just can't stand by and let that happen. But just like they start um, IVs, like I I've witnessed people, you know, want to kick in the door and go straight to innovating people, but they, they almost treat IVs the same way. Um, they want to start IVs on patients, on conscious patients before consent has even been given or before a transportation decision has even been made which technically is assault. I mean, you're jamming a needle in somebody who doesn't even really know what's going on. Uh, granted, if they were unconscious, we would be doing that because the consent is implied. However, when the person's sitting there talking to you and you just start jabbing them with needles without telling them what's going on, that's kind of a problem. Working least invasive to most invasive allows us to take a moment and work in a manner where we're conscious of what we're up against and we make the best decision possible for the situation. And exercise is a natural and simple way that we can fight against depression without introducing medications that would alter our body chemistry and can introduce some pretty nasty side effects. If nothing else, exercise provides you an escape of sorts. It allows you to designate some time to mentally work through the things that are causing you to feel down or confused. Exercise provides you with that time to invest in gaining clarity on changing your attitude or gaining some perspective. So let's talk about exercise and anxiety. I'd mentioned endorphins and their positive effect on your mood. This directly relates to alleviating signs and symptoms of anxiety. Exercise relieves stress and tension. It boosts energy and it enhances your sense of well-being through natural chemistry in your brain. One of the key ways that exercise can help with anxiety specifically is incorporating uh, an element of mindfulness into it. So for example, if you go for a jog, be mindful of your feet as they connect with the ground. Be mindful of the breaths you're taking. Feel the breeze on your face. Listen to the sounds around you. As you make the body-mind connection, you will not only improve your physical condition, but it can help you interrupt the constant flow of worries that may be flooding you as a result of anxiety. Let's talk about how exercise can affect your stress levels. Now, I don't know about you, 
But when I'm stressed, I feel it mainly in my head, my neck, and my shoulders. That's where I carry it all. I utilize exercise to help me alleviate that stress. But sometimes when I focus on strength training, I typically become really tight in regards to the muscle groups that I work. However, that forces me to be focused and diligent in my post-workout stretching and foam rolling. If I don't take the time to stretch out afterward, then my body will become even more tense and set me up for a more difficult road the next time I exercise. It's in my best interest to stretch after I work out so that I can perform the next day and keep my routine, uh, keep my routine consistent, keep it going. Which brings me to my main point in talking about how exercise helps with alleviating stress. When you've introduced this routine into your life, it becomes habit. So essentially, you've created a habit where you spend time just focused on you, not your spouse, not your kids, not your job, you. And it may sound quote unquote selfish, but so be it. Because if you aren't capable of showing up for the job you signed up for, then you aren't really worth a damn to anybody. Think about it. When we respond to EMS calls, the first thing we do is put on personal protective equipment. Is that selfish? I mean, we do the same thing with fires too, right? We put on all our gear. That is absolutely not selfish. It's just good practice. You're protecting yourself so you can go in and do your job. You're investing in yourself on the front end so you can go in and complete the tasks that you're required to complete. So what's the difference when it comes to taking care of our bodies and our minds? The answer is that there's no difference. In this case, it's crucial for us to be selfish, quote unquote, so that we can serve the people we said we would. Now let's talk a little bit about how exercise and PTSD and trauma are related, how exercise can help alleviate those stressors. Evidence suggests that by really focusing on your body and how it feels as you exercise, you can actually help your nervous system become unstuck and begin to move out of that immobilization stress response that characterizes PTSD or trauma. Instead of allowing your mind to wander, pay close attention to the physical sensations in your mind to your body, your muscles, your joints, your lungs, and your heart. Some really great options for exercising this ability include weightlifting, full body workouts, or any outdoor activities like bicycling, swimming, climbing, and hiking. Now, I just gave you a bunch of examples as to how exercise can be used to combat our mental hangups, but now I'd like to take some time and talk about the obstacles that may get in our way on a daily basis. Honestly, these obstacles are things that you allow to get in your way. So just remember, doing something is better than doing nothing. That being said, let's talk about some of the excuses that we may find ourselves making to get out of exercising. Feeling exhausted. After a long shift, sometimes what you need is some quality sleep. And that's just a given. And that shouldn't be ignored. That shouldn't be discounted. You should understand that quality sleep is going to help reset you and get you back to where you need to be physically as well as mentally. It's super important. It's crucial. But sometimes we let that mentality or excuse of a busy shift allow us to be okay with doing little or nothing on our days off. We sometimes feel like working out will just make us feel more tired, when the truth is, physical exercise is a powerful energizer. 
studies have shown that regular exercise radically reduces fatigue and increases energy levels. If you're feeling really tired or unmotivated, just take a small step toward doing something active like taking a five-minute walk. Chances are you'll be able to go five more minutes. Feelings of overwhelm. The thought of adding another task to the day can feel like you're just compounding your sense of feeling overwhelmed. The trick here is to make exercise a top priority in your life. So once you shift to this way of thinking, you'll structure everything else around, or I'm sorry, you'll structure everything else you do around it. And it isn't about having an all-consuming attitude as exercise is all you do. It, it isn't all or nothing, but it is important and you should be treating it as something that is your duty to maintain. Exercise and fitness need to be held as a higher priority than most people because our careers as firefighters require it and the people we serve depend on it. Feeling hopeless. As a peer fitness trainer, I work with people at all different levels when it comes to fitness. I've encountered people who work out every day as well as people who haven't done a workout since their academy. For those who've allowed their fitness levels to slip, sometimes it feels hopeless and incredibly daunting to get started again, and the motivation just isn't there. The key here is to take small steps toward physical activity, just small steps. One way to do this is to commit yourself to a five-minute walk every day for one week, then bump it up to 10 minutes. Then, maybe bump it up to a light jog. Soon you'll be finding yourself pushing your limits and growing more curious about what more you can do. Like I say in the intro of the podcast, we are often our own worst enemies, and feeling bad about yourself is a testament to that. We tend to be the most critical of ourselves. I know that's true in my case. The time for that has passed. It's time to start thinking of ourselves in a new way. It's time to own it and take some accountability for the way we're feeling and the situation that we've created for ourselves. If you feel bad about the way you look, then do something about it. If you feel bad about how you've let your fitness level lapse, then do something about it. You can even encourage the people on your crew to join in. So do something simple while on duty. You don't want to expound, not expound, but you don't want to completely diminish your physical capability while you're on duty. You don't want to go all out in a workout and then guess what? Two minutes later, you get kicked out to a three alarm fire. That's stupid. That's just stupid. You want to plan a workout so that you get you, you know, your cardio up or, or even like a small amount of weightlifting, but you don't want to completely uh, spend your reserves while you're on duty. You need to have something in the tank for when you get that call because you never know when it's coming. Uh, plant something more invasive for your off-duty days. If you want to try something new or if you really want to go heavy and all out, then, then plan that for an off-duty day. Um, you can even plan something with your crew for one of your off-duty days. These things will not only help you improve your fitness level, but it'll help you build bonds amongst your crew. Feeling pain. Once we feel pain, we don't want to do anything, right? Like we, we just feel bad. We don't want to do anything that would contribute to that pain. 
If you have a significant weight problem, arthritis, or any other injury or illness that limits your mobility, yeah, you need to talk to your healthcare provider about ways that you can stay safe when you exercise. You should do what you can when you can. But keep in mind, there's a difference in feeling pain and being injured. Don't use feeling pain as an excuse not to do something. As we work our bodies and grow, we're most likely going to feel pain. But the growth that we experience can only be gained through that pain. No pain, no gain, right? Remember, guys, it's important to work our minds as well as our bodies. Physical exercise is a great way that we can not only link the two, but it's a way for us to work out those things that are taking up mental real estate needlessly. Make a commitment, start small, and follow through. Every time you give up or make excuses, not only are you letting yourself down, but you're letting your crew down as well as the people you serve. It's time to own it and take some accountability. I understand that we're not perfect, but that doesn't mean we can't strive towards something better. Make the most of your career. Make the most of your life. Do what you can to achieve your highest level of potential possible. Do that, and you'll find yourself among an entirely different and more effective group of people. Do that, and you'll find yourself feeling fulfilled and becoming the person you're meant to be. I've put together a worksheet that you can download for free that'll help you identify your motivations and move toward becoming a more fulfilled person, whether at work or at home. Just go to my website at www.ignitedff.com and click on the link in the top right of the screen that says Download PDF. Submit an email that you actually use and the download will be sent straight to your inbox. Again, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and a review on your respective platform. If you do me a solid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever, and then tag me in a screenshot when you post it to social media, I'll send you some official Ignited decals to throw in your Hydro Flask or helmet or wherever. Please subscribe and share the podcast with someone you think would enjoy it. As we delve deeper into these issues we cover, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF, and I'd also like to invite you to all to join the Ignited Firefighters Facebook group. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, guys, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you'd want on your crew. Be ignited.